Welcome to the Matea Murdo podcast, where we're delving into all things United Nations, the family, and politics. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are going to be discussing a kind of touchy subject, which this podcast is just all about touchy subjects, to be honest. But we are going to be talking about Christians in politics, whether Christians should be engaged in politics. We're going to look at some people from the Bible who are actually in the political realm. And I wanted to do this not because there's an election coming up, but hey, you can always forward this message on to others who are in your church or your home group. And you know, have a discussion about it. See if you guys agree with the topics and conversation is so critical. There's so much discourse online nowadays that desensitizes us to really hearing another side that having face-to-face one-on-one conversations is incredibly important. And with politics, that is truly what it is all about is conversation and the exchange of ideas and we're, we're not even having the exchange of ideas nowadays. University campuses, I think, are the most... They're the perfect example of one side of an issue or a story being told and there's no opposing side or challenge to the collective idealism that is presented as fact in, on university campuses. And so when young people are exposed to a completely either different side of history that they've never been taught or a different side of an issue and there's a human being in front of them explaining it, instead of it just being through a computer or a phone screen, it's it, it does something to the human psyche. And yes, you cannot see my face right now, but I hope that this provides you some information that will help you and your friends and your family to understand just how significant it is for Christians to be involved in politics. And that kind of answers the question at the beginning of this podcast where I say, should Christians be engaged in politics? 100% they should be. But how does that look like? How do we steward our time properly? How do we utilize our influence in the political sphere for God's glory? Because everything we do is to be for his glory. So I, I've obviously, I am someone who is currently engaged in the governmental and political sphere. And I make a differentiation between the two, excuse me, because there is a very broad, very big difference between government and and politics. Politics is the game. Government is the system. I believe Christians need to be involved in both, but if you were to pick one above the other, government, the system itself, is where more people need to pay attention to and be involved in as opposed to the politics. And the politics is the hype. The politics is, when I say it's a game, it truly is. It's moving all the chip pieces around the board. And yes, that's how you can get some things done. But if you really want to have a broad reach and immense influence, then you want to engage in government. I have worked personally in the Canadian House of Commons or for my American friends, my UK friends will all understand, but my American friends, that is the equivalent of working with a congressional member. When I was working in that office, it was a huge learning curve. I had just come out of high school, went straight into working on Parliament Hill and lived away from my parents. So it was it was a huge shift in life, but I was so naive and I thank God I was so naive. And it really was informative to 
the entirety of my outlook now on government and politics because as I was working on Parliament Hill, I would work very long days in my parliamentary office and then I would come home and my my boss, who was a member of parliament, I was helping him with his run for leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. His name was Brad Trost, great man. And as I was working that, I, it hit me one day because it, it was a little bit of ways into my time on the Hill. And I was sitting there, I think it was like 2 a.m., 1 or 2 a.m., and I was working on some promotional material because I was doing some outreach for his his campaign. And as I was sitting there, I just, I was like, what am I doing? What is this all for? And that's what started the journey of me really seeking to understand the Christian's role in politics. Because my boss at the time, Brad Trost, as I said, he was standing for all the right and righteous things and was absolutely demonized by the media. He took a lashing from the, his own so-called conservative party, who, by the way, promotes a lot of the UN's agendas. So you might want to look at that, Canadians, and try to uh, influence it in another direction. But that being said, it, it really... I had an example before me, and that was so, so key. But as I was working on his campaign that one late, late night, there was this question of, is this policy... How does it and does it influence the hearts of men? And I just sat there and paused. And I said, no, it has some sort of influence, but it it doesn't change the hearts of men. And if we want to see families reunited, if we want to see restoration in our societies, which I still believe is very possible, I do believe that. So don't give up on hope with regards to that. But it doesn't change, politics doesn't change the hearts of men. And that is where the gospel comes into play. So how much more powerful is it if we have righteous people working in the government system or influencing politics, living a holy, righteous life, and they're there influencing policy and at the same time influencing the politicians or those with immense influence in the political sphere. I see it as, as a win-win when you have righteous people in government because you know that they have the best interests of the people at heart as well as a higher degree of accountability because they are they know they're accountable unto God for every word that is spoken, every action that is taken. So should Christians be in politics? 100%. And I did a little bit of a breakdown. I have a couple of points here that I wanted to discuss with you because we have to have a broader understanding of where we can all fit into this system. And for someone like myself, I engage with the United Nations, as you know, on a regular basis. And that is my role. That is my calling. So I, I would encourage you, don't try to fit into my calling. You won't. Find what you are called to do. If you're a stay-at-home mom, thank God you're influencing the next generation. You could be raising the next prime minister or president of the nation that you're in. You have immense influence. You could go and be a part of the March for Life, your local March for Life. You could go and advocate for homeschooling laws and you could engage with your children's schooling system with the school board there's so many things that each and every one of us can do with our own sphere of influence and within the calling god has on each and every one of our lives and this is one specific point that i needed to insert here and that is how so many christians in government have become accustomed to the pc culture being politically correct and tolerant and nice. That's not, those aren't virtues of being a Christian. 
Where does it talk about being tolerant of sin, of depravity and perverse things? And it doesn't matter if you are in university or on the job site or in government. Our job is to make disciples. That was what the Lord commanded us to do. Go and make disciples of every nation. He, wasn't, he doesn't say go and be tolerant of everybody's sin and try to win them over that way. No, it's to be salt and light and to expose the darkness. Will there be persecution because of that? Heck yes, I've experienced it on a regular basis. Whether that's online, individuals threatening things at you, it doesn't matter. The Lord told Jesus, literally told us that that was going to happen. So go and be courageous in what you're called to do. Be courageous in it. And remember who you are. It's not a point of being prideful to understand who you are in Christ. And, and we've been given all authority. And that authority is over every name. It's over every, every place that our foot treads. And just like us utilizing, like I'm going to bring up in a few seconds here, talking about free speech, we've been given these gifts by God. Like example, free speech, that's a gift. It's a gift to be able to speak your own mind, but, but, but that comes from God. And the government, and I'm speaking about the American government right here right now, the American government acknowledges that right from God and has protections around it. So we have to utilize them, otherwise the gift is completely pointless. Now, I want to briefly talk about party politics because a lot of people just see headlines of what certain parties, whether it's a Republican or Democrat, conservative or liberal parties are doing. That's just the hype. That's just the noise of what we see about what is actually happening internally in a political party. Now, I've engaged with several political parties. I've worked in different government offices, and therefore you have to deal with a party system on a regular basis. But I've also worked a heck of a lot of campaigns. And though I enjoy them, there's there was always this blockage where, again, I was so naive, I didn't really understand what I was in at the time until I, the Lord showed me, when you are dealing with a political party, everything stems from policy. So I... Oh my gosh. And so then I started going to policy conventions. And when I started going to policy conventions, I was like, ah, this is where, obviously, this is where the entire party is steered from. You get to hear from all of the various constituencies and the policies that they're proposing and the ones that were ranked the best or the ones that should be furthered the farthest. And then I started realizing, oh, this is where people need to engage in the most because people will hear about policy conventions and the outcomes of them, but you, ha- you, can't just, you can't just be involved at that point. You have to be involved in the actual creation of policies themselves, which you can do. All you do is you sign up for or request to be a part of your local constituency or regional political party association and you get yourself onto the board. It's like getting onto a school board. So you have to engage in the policy creation. And some people say, oh, well, I don't, I don't have a policy brain. I don't, you have ideas. Politics influences us on every single level of our lives now. Government has seeped into every part of our lives through taxation or other means. And so you can bring your experiences and what you want to see changed via your ideas. And those are credible and those are influential and those are important. So you don't have to have the mind to write out a policy. I personally have that mind. I can, I have written policies, but I've also brought my ideas to the table because of what I've witnessed and experienced. 
and even just ideas and and that's what and at constituency boards that's where you flush out if ideas are broad enough in order to put into a political party's policy handbook so never discount your experiences and never believe the lie that you have nothing to bring to the table you absolutely do so party politics christians should absolutely be involved most specifically though on the policy level secondly christians should be engaged in the government system as i already spoke out how do you do that personally god had a fast track for me i thank god i thank him for that but the main way you do that is through volunteering on political campaigns and that's a good test to see if you even enjoy being in that realm because you can engage with party politics be in constituency boards and you're not at the level of working in the government system but if you love the government system like i do and god every i know several people be like oh my gosh she's a christian and she loves the government system how dare she no every person is called to specific areas of influence and i'm i own mine i own my role in governments and if you are called to government one you better know you're called you better pray over that thing if you enjoy it if you have passion behind it and there is a vision the lord has given you for it and a message that goes along with the vision then you better engage in the system because after you engage in a campaign then you your name's known your face is out there and from there on, you can start to get internships. And from internships, or you just get flat out offered a job. I was offered a two to three month, somewhere around there, internship in a, my member of parliament's office. And that stemmed into almost four years on Parliament Hill, which led also into being known in other realms, other circles of influence. And that led me all the way to the UN at the end of the day. But I engaged in the system and I stewarded it very well. When you are in whether it's party politics, whether it is the government side of politics, steward yourself well. Those in the world dress nicely when they're in government. Don't be a schlop. Honestly, just these are very practical things. Don't be a schlop. Make sure you shave. Make sure you wear deodorant. Oh, God forbid. I've met so many people on both Capitol Hill in America and Parliament Hill in Canada. They just stink. Quite literally stink. Their politics stink and their body stinks. So take care of yourself. Anyways, I think this is absolutely nonsense to for me to mention, but represent the Lord well. Whether you're in government or you're in the trades, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, just represent yourself well to society because you're not just rep you're not representing you. You're representing Christ. All right, enough about that. Let's continue on. The third thing that I wanted to bring up is the verse about righteousness exalting a nation. We have a duty to be engaged in a system that affects the people that God created and God loves. Humanity is the greatest, most beloved of all of God's creation. And if there is something, system or otherwise, that affects humanity, we should be engaged in it. And the Lord, right after Parliament Hill, I went to work with a cabinet minister in the province of Saskatchewan, another great man. As I was typing out an email, it just hit me like, occupy until he returns. We're called to occupy. That is a high level of positioning in every realm regardless of what realm you're in but today we're talking about politics and government occupy to fill that position and to own it to take it as your own and to represent christ in it so occupy it until he returns and another point is that if you really care about other people you're going to engage in the system you're going to vote that's the bare minimum a christian should be doing by the way 
is indeed voting and we have this this opportunity to vote which is immense there's countries in the world where they don't vote it's just it's either a dynasty or it's a dictatorship and if we want to avoid sinking into such a state as a dictatorship we have to engage in the system and voting for the christian is the bare minimum so thank god if you do vote if you haven't started voting please please do so and and a lot of christians will come to me and they'll ask well which party should i vote for i personally think it's a silly question at this point in time maybe five ten years ago it would have been ten years ago actually not even five years ago ten years ago it would have been a somewhat relevant question but today everything has been so separated so polarized it's so there's such a stark contrast between party systems now that the christian should be able to do some basic basic research literally a quick search on the web of where parties stand on specific issues you don't have to look at every single issue but the social issues if you look at those alone she will tell you where a party really stands, whether you should engage with them and give them your vote or not. And I would say for the most part, abortion is the number one issue you should be looking at. People say that you shouldn't be a single issue voter. I, I, I tend to disagree for the most part on that. I think you can be and sometimes should be a single issue voter. And abortion is the number one, number one issue that you should be looking at. Why? Because it shows where a party stands on the issue of life if you don't value the pre-born and their human rights then you aren't going to value people who are born and their rights if you don't care for the most vulnerable in your society you're sure as heck not going to care as much for the people who are self-sustained it's just the fact so if you care for others look into party policies and choose based upon what aligns most with your faith god detests the taking of innocent life Therefore, God detests abortion. So that's why I point to abortion as the number one issue you should be looking at. Sure, you can look at climate policies. And obviously, with the Conservative Party of Canada, I'm very concerned because they align with Agenda 2030 and their climate policies and goals. But the Conservative Party has more protections around the pre-born life as opposed to the Liberal Party, where you can't even become a Liberal member if you believe that abortion is wrong. At that point, you have to kind of look at things. Okay, what are my other options? Conservative Party, there's also the Maxim Bernier's party, the People's Party of Canada, the PPC. So there's, there's other options out there as opposed to just the mainstream. So do your research. That's a part of occupying. The next point is that of different issues, different discourse. You can also engage in politics and in, in influencing government anyway by writing articles. I've written several articles for various publications based upon my experience and my research. So you can engage with, let's say you wanted to write about free speech and you're a college student on a campus and you, you understand the value of free speech. Write an article about it, submit it. Heck, if you want to send it to me, I can send it off to some of my friends in various outlets and see if it gets published. I've done that for many people. There is always a way to influence society, politics, and government. And I'll, I'll, I'll put this out there that I actually had a friend who wrote about free speech because it's being deemed as a, as a right-wing issue. And I just thought to myself, if this person writing that free speech should not be in existence and hate speech is a real thing, and that it's a right free speech is a right-wing issue and that it should be done away with if we actually lived in a society with all of those stipulations as to how society should be run according to this author of this article they wouldn't be able to even write that article if they lived in such a society but even on the free speech issue 
Christians should be engaging on the free speech issue and writing articles, doing podcasts like I'm doing here today and influencing society because, again, if you care about people and if you care about freely being able to share the gospel, you need free speech. And there are so many protections out there, especially in America. America, like you have no idea how blessed you are. Um, for those who don't know, I'm a Canadian who moved to America. You have no idea how significant your constitution is. You have no idea. Your bill of rights. Oh my gosh. I have read through those things so many times. What a gift to America. But what, it, what is the use of a gift if you never utilize it? Utilize your free speech. That's, all I'm, that's where I'm going to leave that. And in saying all those things, Christians often will be like, well, where is the example? Where's the example of of Christians engaging in politics. Like I can't give examples. I can give many examples, but just to name a few, Queen Esther, an orphan who ended up becoming essentially the second most important figure of her time. Her husband, King Xerxes, had the most influence on earth and he had her as his queen. You don't think that's important? You don't think that's significant? God placed her in that position, quite literally in the book of Esther, for such a time as this. And if you are called to government, or we, as we are all called to engage in the political system, it's our duty to occupy until he returns, then we need to own that office just as she owned that office. We also have King David. Oh my gosh, I'm not even gonna get started with King David. You can do your own research on that one. But the amount of influence and far reaching influence and impact on the nation and on the people extends to this day and age. It's immense, it's absolutely immense. You have Joseph, who was the prime minister. You have Deborah, who was a judge. You have Nehemiah, who was an official for King Exorcist. And, and Nehemiah is an interesting one. I'm actually writing a book that, that's based out of Nehemiah. And with regards to him, he had a relationship. He was working in the government system. And he had a relationship with the leader of the country. And because of that relationship, he was able to go back to his homeland and rebuild Jerusalem. But it was all based upon relationship. And that's another key point for Christians, form a relationship with your local politicians. Yeah, there's the national politicians, you should engage with them too. But at this point in time, you need to engage with your local politicians. And because everybody talks about national national politics, but, but our adversaries are engaging the heaviest on the local level. That's why you're seeing the World Economic Forum and the United Nations going so heavily and pushing so hard with their 15-minute city agenda. I have friends in London, England, and there's 15-minute city infrastructure being put in place. Look at Canada, and there's, I believe it's the C60 website, and it talks about the cities across the world who are engaged in the so-called sustainability project of the United Nations, and it leads into the 15-minute city agenda. So these things are happening on a local level. So there's always a place for you to engage, and these are just a few of them. I hope, I know this has been a a longer podcast, but I hope that it's been helpful. There's so many other veins that I could go down and, and, and expand on, but I wanted to give you a few bullet points for you to see the significance of engaging the political system. I want you to understand how significant your role is, not just in voting. Again, like I said, voting is the bare minimum that we should be doing, but we have an obligation to research. And I know there's so many other things happening in life, but we have a duty to occupy and we have a duty to love and care for others. And now that government impacts every aspect of our lives, we should be holding them accountable through our votes and through our influence. And with that, I'll see you next time. 